1: This guy says we're pivoting. You understand just how we livin'. This for me is like rap religion. Open on B, cause we got this Skype. When it comes to this, yo, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, yo, come has risen. How get living home, yo, how you living vivin'?
0: One of the great things about doing this show is I just get to make a wish list of people that I just want to meet and talk to. And this guy, Jorge Masveral who is the baddest motherfucker on the planet, literally has a belt that says that, um, has had an incredible journey. Um, one that I I really have been inspired by. And, and I asked him all the, the questions that I wanted to ask him and he didn't hold back at all. And uh, it's actually better than I thought it was. So here is the Cuban Jesus, Jorge Masvidal. What's up, man? You know what's so crazy, man? It's like, it's, it's, it's very surreal because It feels like I know you and I don't know you. And, and the thing that fascinates me the most about you is this, is this gap in your life that I find so inspiring where you're an elite, elite fighter and you're doing your thing and leading up to 2017, you're crushing it, but you're losing by decisions and they're controversial and you go away and you go to the jungle. And something happens in the jungle and you come back and you destroy Darren Till. And it, it's you have a new clarity that um, I, I found so inspiring. And I, I may have gotten it wrong, but in the jungle, did they take any device that you had?
1: Everything. Right? They are. No cell phones, no TV, no music. And that was it. You know, uh, here and there, we'd have to catch like a bus ride. So we'd hear music every once in a while. But like uh, TV and Internet were a big no, no. You know, They and they made sure of it. They they had a staff just to make sure that nobody had a cell phone in there or nobody was doing like extra activities.
0: So so you're left alone in the jungle with yeah. yourself well, and your a, thoughts.
1: Yeah, there's a group of us. There's maybe like 10 of us. But um, from the group, I'd always venture out because we were we were in these like huge compounds, man, like 20 acres any which way you went is just dense and dense jungle and then we had beach so they 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 wouldn't like you to venture out too far but the place was so big and once I got the noise that there was no stopping us you know it was just I'd, I'd be out there getting lost you know and um a big part of the show was like fighting for basic necessities so like tv wasn't allowed or even like common games like checkers we had to make our own checkers they wouldn't give us things to like entertain ourselves. So just getting lost in the jungle was like a daily thing for me just to keep my, my sanity and stuff,
0: you know? What was, what was the, what was the clarity that you gained about life, career path, anything?
1: Well, at the moment I had 16 years of professionally fighting. Right. And I had looked at like the things that I had done right in my life as far as fighting goes and the things that I had done wrong. So I had a lot of data, man. I had a lot of, of do's and don'ts. So I started every day just thinking about this and that and the times that I won, what did I, do leading up to that the times that I lost what did I do leading up to that my thoughts before fights um how I was feeling the way that I was sleeping all these things that I tried to just micromanagement reverse engineered and just get after it and dig like what was the best version of me and then um as well as in the show I, I got to compete a lot so every day we compete one or two times against each other there was an ex-Olympians on my team. There was all types of, of different guys from different sports and, and and athletes in there. So I'd get to pick their brain before competition. Um, the silver medalist for for the mile in 2014 was with us. You know, So I got to pick his brain a lot. We had another gym uh, Olympic gymnast. So I, I got to see how um the mindset before they compete, what they do on the regular, and, and all these things that just started, man, just coming up with a form and a game plan that will work for me. I said, all these things that I've been doing leading up to this, I'll no longer do this. If I'm going to make a serious run for this belt, these are the things that I am going to do. So I changed up a lot of things in my life, not just on the, on the professional, but on the personal, I caught off tremendous amount of negativity and, and just a lot of things that, that they weren't pushing me to the top. So I said, you know, maybe this thing is neutral. It's not even making me worse, but if it's not making me better, I'm just going to do away with it. So when I came up with that formula, the only thing that was missing was, Commitment, dedication—you know, like some serious gasoline behind it. Because I, I had the formula in my head. I had this is what I'm gonna do as soon as I get out, and I'm gonna achieve my goals. But all I had to do was was have that commitment. You know, that's why I think my my story relates with so many people because you could change your life. You could do that paradigm shift the moment that you really decide. Hey, I'm gonna live or die by these rules that I'm gonna set. You know,
0: what's what's crazy is that you had everything that you needed. You would put the work in. You were capable physically of doing it but in a weird way there were so many distractions because we're a slave to these things and sure. figured they figured out the, these are drug dealers and the apps are drugs and we're fucked and they've got us right so they That's- took that away from you and and i don't want to speak for you uh, this is just me you know from afar witnessing your journey and because you had no distractions you were able to get the clarity to see what you needed to in a in a weird way become a savage in that ring and like with Till it was like you came at him with such clarity of intent it was like you were not going to let this go to the d- judges no not you were
1: yeah. yeah yeah I would have lost that one over there one
0: thousand percent
1: one thousand I, <laughs> I, I took off. Since I took the fight, a lot of the, the guys in the group and stuff, and, and some of my close people were like, Man, the, you know, he's number three of the world right now. Why don't we get an easier fight? He's been out for a year and it's in England, you know, so you got to win by finish. And um, that's always been like something in my mind where a, a lot of those negatives in my head, it's not even that a tournament's a positive. I only see it as a positive. I'm like, Well, this is perfect because my game plan, I have to put it forth going forward, which is not going to a decision with anybody and um I definitely don't want to go to decision with a guy from England in England so it, it was just it was like the perfect storm for that you know
0: was there a moment when you were in the jungle and you had no phone and you had no distractions where you you found the clarity that you knew okay the stakes can't be any higher my life can go one or two one or two ways um and I don't want it to go the way that it's been going. Cause you could kind of see where it would have gone. Yes, sir. So you kind of knew if you didn't take matters into your own hands and kind of laser focus that you were, you were going to be yeah. a, a, almost a lesser version of what you're capable of. Is that right?
1: A lot lesser. I mean, none of 2019 would have happened. You know, I I came in with some, with some plans. Um, I'm not much of a person that writes it down. I just, think about what I'm going to do when I get it done. These things I actually it down, shared it with my management. So they were like, wow, you're really, you're really on a new page. And I was like, these are the things I'm going to get done in 2019 and 20. Let's get after it, you know, and in a good uh, amount of the the targets that I set for 2019, most of them I hit. So that just gave me the, the courage and, and the belief that, Hey, whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm in the right. I just got to stay in this direction. My, my, mind, body, and souls in the right direction. I'm already seeing the improvements. I'm already, I mean, it, it was just an indicator of like, man, keep doing this, you know, no matter what the sacrifices. And like you said, on, on, the, on the professional level, I had a lot of gifts already. I was talented with my, with my hand speed and power and I had good reflexes and a good know-how how to fight it. So it was, man, 60% of it was from like the personal that I had to really get it out of my life, get, get these things out of my life for me to move forward. And when I made that decision, a part of me was like, ah, oh, this is going to hurt. But I immediately understood that this was the right decision, you know. It, 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 and if it's hurting me to let go, because I'm really going to let go of these things, I'm only going to do better in life, man. What, so,
0: why, uh, why would it hurt you to let go?
1: Uh, you know, cause let, let's say uh, freaking eating Krispy Kreme is your thing at two in the morning. You know That's <laughs> going to hurt, you know. That's going to hurt. Like, fuck. And, and just like dumb things like that, but, you know, from from all across the board. So they hurt, you know, letting go of some habits and stuff, but you know, it was needed to, to evolve. And another thing, when I when I was in the jungles, um, there, there was a constant thought, you know, because I'm, I'm by myself a lot of times. This doesn't happen back home in society. I wake up and I get to formulate my own thoughts. doesn't happen in society. Because as soon as you wake up, like, if I look at the phone 30 minutes or an hour later after I woke up or, or right away, someone's already texting you. So there goes your train of thought, you know, because you're already, I'm, I'm thinking about other things. And one thought opens up another million thoughts, but they weren't necessarily mine. One thing that would happen in this jungle is that I was waking up and going to sleep to my own thoughts. And the same thing kept coming to my head. And I was like, I, I have to get this done. It's, it's just a no-brainer. This is what really the real me is telling myself. It's like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is what we have to get done and we're gonna get it done. And um a lot of the things that happened and I haven't shared this too much, but it, it it just came to my mind right now. A lot of the things that happened in there were like uh were like some were supernatural and great things, but then when I got out of the show, I read this book that everything that happened to me in there, it just mapped it out for me and made sense it's by napoleon hill it's called um outwitting the devil and this book really really freaking um changed my mind on a lot of things and just like everything that i was thinking this is the the path to success this book just put it in detail for me this is you know? so that's, that's a-
0: it man the greatest trick the devil ever pulled off is that he doesn't exist amen yeah i'm yeah it's an ama- amazing book man that that is so heavy and you know, not to get too uh, spiritual, not too kumbaya on you, but in a weird way, what was kind of forced onto you needed to happen, and it's oh, yeah. almost it's almost a metaphor in a weird way for meditation because you you were forced to meditate, and we are, you use the word you know you're slave we're all slaves to our thoughts and our doubts and our fears. And you know, when I talk to people about meditation, they're like, nah, I can't do it, man. I, I, I got too many things going on. It's like, we all do. We all are slaves to that circus, you know, those doubts and those fears. And once you go inward, like I had some crazy stuff happen to me and it was a it was a real turning point in my life. And I somehow intrinsically knew, I didn't have your situation, it was all on me. So I knew if I didn't go inward and meditate every day, I was going to be in trouble, real trouble. Like it's a wrap. I needed to go inward and be quiet and and simulate that feeling you had in the jungle. You know, no distractions, be alone with myself, be present, own my truth. And from that, anything is possible. But if you don't do that, you know, we are going to be a slave to our doubts and fears and other voices and stuff that comes into our head. Like you said, that's not even necessarily our own thoughts. It's almost like, we're, we're a radio and we have these, that could be someone else's thought that's there. And then you kind of think you own it and you don't, you know? So you got to be as present as possible. When I saw your journey, I went, man, that is, that is fascinating. And then you got to like live it in front of all of us. You know what I mean? So it was like, you're a living example in a way of, 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 the. of, Danger. You know, you could you could
1: do better than what you're currently doing if you really want to put the time the sacrifice the, the insane dedication that it might take to wherever it is, you know, to get to the next level.
0: Yeah. And yours is the extreme example, because we have metaphors every day that we're dealing with, you know, but you're locked in a cage with another man. And by the way, I feel like I'm qualified to even have this conversation with you. And I feel like anyone that interviews an elite MMA fighter should have to. Get in there and go toe-to-toe with with anyone that's in the in the game and train with them a bit just to get a sense. Because the the thing that's so funny is everyone, you know, they everyone's like, you know, a, a warrior on their keyboards and talking shit and throwing shade. And the reality is they have no reference for the dedication that you guys have to have. They think, okay, you were a backyard street fighter, you fought Kimbo Slice's guy, you got swag, and then you can just go dominate. It's like, do you guys know the sacrifices these guys have made? The hours, you know, they just don't—they don't get it. I, I, you know, train. I train with a guy with Rashad Evans, you know, and and just, you know, I'm throwing up, going like, how does how do these guys how do they do it? And that's one of the reasons I'm such a huge fan because you have to have skills in every different way to. Oh yeah. To, to I mean, just- every discipline to navigate anything that's coming your way and yeah. you're fighting the elite of the elite. And um, so when these guys interview you, I almost feel like, you know, that it should be a prerequisite. They need to just maybe go into camp with you for a minute. You know what I mean? And just yeah. roll.
1: Six week training block for all reporters. So you can have- <laughs> um.
0: How, how, uh, cathartic would that be for you to take a couple shots at some haters? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, man, so we're just coming off this year and what it feels like, you're looking at guys like, for instance, in your world, the, the, you know, the Michael Bismans and the the Joe Schillings of the world that are being accosted and they're fighting, you know, you've seen in public and you don't see this, you don't see it because guys like you, the reality is, you know, you're a black belt and you could be sued. And although you're capable, you've got to hold it together, you know? But the problem is now we've had people locked down for over a year. So they're not thinking right and their social skills have atrophied and they got some liquid courage in them and they're going to take a shot at Cuban Jesus. Yeah. Does that I, worry you going, you know, out?
1: I, I try not to go out much. And then when I do in Miami, I, I, uh, it sounds as weird as it does. I have to roll with security, even though I could, you know, for the most part, defend myself. But yeah, I have to roll with security. I got a couple guys every time I roll. Cause um, sometimes it just gets weird, man. For the most part, people are cool. Hey, what's up, man? Can I get a picture? I give them a picture real quick, and it's over. But sometimes, you know, it gets weird. Um, the other day, I'm, I'm uh, where I just finished uh, leaving the mall, and I'm about to get in my car, and I'm waiting for the valet. Random guy just comes up, and I'm I'm with my manager and like two bodyguards and. The cameraman, we're, we're doing some uh, promos for this uh, sword. And this guy comes up and he, like, says, does it feel good? And I go, oh, excuse me? And he goes, I said, does it feel good? And uh, he has his hand like this. Like, he's being real weird. Like, he said, does it feel good? Something, this guy either has something behind his back or he's going to give me a gift or he's going to punch me in the face. I don't know what it is. So I take a step back and I go, hey, have a good day, man. So my guys immediately, like, swarming. And he goes, I want to
0: know if it feels good,
1: motherfucker. And he's like, he's still like this. So now my guy's like, hey, what's behind your hand? And They grabbed him. They, like, moved him around. He just had his hand clutched. And he kept, like, I don't know if this was, like, a a crazy dude or or he knew who I was from fighting, but he kept just screaming out, does it feel good? And they they separate him. I'm still waiting for my car. Three minutes later, he's screaming out the same exact line. Does it feel good? And I was like, man, you know, this is why I need security, even in my own city, man. Because who knows, right? If you, you myself, I don't know what this guy's going to do or obviously I'm not worried about myself I'm worried about doing something to a fella like that and then you know
0: correct but also the reality is you don't know what he has behind his back
1: uh, and usually I, I'm not a gambler in that situation like if somebody's like this if it's just me and you man it's it, you know god be with you cuz I'm going to protect myself you know it's just that that situation I knew my guys could take care of it, so I just stood back they grabbed and they pity patted him real quick weapons them, but it was just interesting you know? it, was, it was weird you
0: know yeah and also y- you can tell right away when you're interacting with someone who's never been punched in the face if they've yeah. never been you know what I mean do you know what I mean because the shit hurts right and if someone's never been punched in the face they have a certain kind of uh, uh delusional presence
1: been hanging out too much with the fighters man
0: you know too much
1: now <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. How you live in J-Piv. will be right back after we pay some bills.
0: In talking to you, I'm smart enough to know, I think I know who you are, but I don't know who you are. Like I've watched all your fights. I've, I've, I've tried to observe your journey, but the reality is I have to, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. No matter what, that's what this country is based on. There's, there's so much guilty until proven innocent that, that that's a whole other story, right? But when, when I look at you, I want to know your story. People look at me, you know, I played Ari Gold on Entourage for, for 10 years. You know what I mean? So they're like, oh, that dude is a, you know, a type A douchebag, rich, white privileged motherfucker. And it's like, my man, I, I grew up below the poverty level in, in my family is a family of actors, stage actors from Chicago. And so I grew up in an integrated community where I was the only white boy on my football team, and so I had a I had an amazing journey where it was real, where I got this. This is this is I I I would wish it upon anyone. Do you know what I mean? So you gravitated towards people regardless of anything other than is he cool? Is he funny? Is he smart? Is he what? You know, this dude is. You know. My, my my homecoming king was this one brother I played football with all-American wide receiver and he used to bully the shit out of me and it made me tough you know what i mean and you need this shit and everyone's living in their feelings and their feelings are being used right now you know as you know as they're bartering and they're taking people down based on their feelings right you you have to watch everyone's feelings and it's 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 kind of insane what the what we're navigating right now so okay. it's so oh, yeah. with 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 me like you know uh, I'm Jewish. We didn't have very many Jewish kids in my school, you know, and so we, there was a group of like you know uh, white supremacists, you know, and they you know by the way at the Klan meetings they don't want my Jewish ass there. I'm not I'm not invited to the Klan meetings, you know, for the record. <laughs> so this dude you know how like when you're in school and like if you're a freshman there's a dude that's a senior you know it only seems it's only a few years but this motherfucker you know they they have beards and it's you know they're grown men and and i'm 14 years old and this dude steps to me and you know it was fucking crazy and he sucker punched me and i went down and and i'm running towards him and i grew up dabbling in martial arts and whatnot and, and, and playing sports but i'm a five foot nine you know biscuit over 170 pounds which is you when you're in fighting shape um and so i'm you know i you know to the outside eye i'm just easy pickings right but you know you got to watch out for the little dudes because we're scrappy so i got on top of him and i'm doing my thing and they pull me off him and now i got two dudes pulling me off him and he just you know just it was it was a wrap it was a wrap and you know my father is also scrappy and he saw me you know and He said, what happened? And, you know, this dude called me a kike, which people don't even realize. It's so funny. We put these weights, weight into words, you know, the N word, all these, these words that trigger us, you know what I mean? He didn't like Jews. It's like when I had my bar mitzvah, all the kids that came to my bar mitzvah, no one had been to a bar mitzvah, you know what I mean? And, and so I'm teaching them about my culture and some dude hates me. He doesn't know me, you know, it's like. These feelings are based on stupidity. They're based on lack of knowledge. You know what I mean? It just makes no fucking sense whatsoever. So I've always been, you know, and then I started doing Muay Thai. And, and I remember I was, I was working with a guy, an old school dude named Benny Arquitas, Benny the Jet.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, old school. Yeah. And he, ha- he had me in there and I'm, and I'm sparring with a guy that's out of my weight class and he's destroying me. And I I break my toe because I kick him, and instead of him blocking, he puts his elbow into my toe, and it shatters. So I'm limping around. He's like, "Okay, let's." And he's taping my toe up. Let's get back in there. I'm like, "Brother, I'm an actor. Uh, it's a fucking rap. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not going back in." You know what I mean? So like, I have a reference for how tough you guys have to be. You know, I, I'm in the middle. One of the reasons I have. I have a, a lot of fake tattoos on me and I'm growing this shit out as I'm, I'm playing a guy right now that just got out of prison and you know, he's a bad motherfucker. And I'm, this is like a really just even talking to you is a nice holiday for me because he's from Southie, He's got a Boston accent and it's dark and I have to go to a very dark place and I'm honored to do it. You know what I mean? So I'm playing a bad guy and I get to leave that and then live in the light. And I'm I'm sure that you probably feel that way. I love that it, it just showed up. You just have a, a delightful drink. Is it is it mescal? Is it?
1: No, no, some Thai tea.
0: Thai tea. Lots of sugar. So you you, you don't have a weigh in tomorrow. <laughs> I, I got to So I get
1: the burner off.
0: There you go. There you go. So I'm playing a bad dude. And do you ever do you ever feel like you have to like hit that switch? And when does that happen when you know you have to become a savage?
1: Um, man, Wow, this is a great question. Um, It's like uh, I'm alive right now. Everything, obviously, I'm alive. But I, I feel like at my most heightened at everything is like I'm there, man, every second of every minute. It's once I get that fight announcement, once they call me like, hey, the number's worked out, so-and-so signed, now you're signing. Like, since that moment, my – I can – shift everything. Maybe right now I'm more I'm in uh, family time and traveling for business and just like working. As soon as that call even is like a rumor, it's like my whole freaking train of thought is just in uh physiological and like I've been doing it for so long. It just happens, man, like immediately. Now, if I was working out like two hours a day and just kind of coasting, now I'm like six hours every day and I can just make that switch and I'm and I'm getting after. So that, that's when it first first, like I got the call. Let's go i got something to look forward to you know and then from there every little training session no matter whether i did great or bad just gets me a little bit closer to the right mindset that i need to be in because every every day i'm in uh even before i went into the jungle i'm a big visualizer if i'm going to do something i'm going to see it in my head first this is what i'm going to do and this is how i'm going to do it and this is what i'm going to come out of it so i do that in practice a lot and i see everything in my head but usually it's positive it's, it's having a great two hour and a half practice or one hour practice, whatever, however long that length may be. I, I see it in my head before I do it. So then after I did everything I have to do, how close was I to that vision I had in my head? And once I can consist, get that vision that I have in my head in practice, I know, man. Then the next step is just get in the cage and, and bring to the world everything I've been working on.
0: You know, there are times when I look at you just before it starts and you're just kind of very calm and you may be leaning up against the cage and you're, you're very, very calm. And do you feel like if, if you're a little bit of a, cause yes, you want to, you want to rip their head off. But if you are a bit of a slave to your emotions, it's a wrap, right?
1: You smart enough to know already like, man, fighting is all mental. You could fight the biggest guy at LA Fitness and you've been doing martial arts for a while. You can hit him one shot and take him out everybody like how the hell did that happen? It's just it's it's technique, it's conditioning, all that, but mainly it's it's mental. Going in there with the right mindset is it's a big part of fighting. That's to me, that's everything, you know?
0: Yeah, because you have to you have to be totally present for it, but it's it's interesting because like you you fought a you know, you fought Nate Diaz. Yeah. And He's someone that, uh, like you, I think a lot of people look at and they go, that's just a scrappy, badass motherfucker that just, he's got, he's got skills and he doesn't put much into it and they don't know that he's a triathlete and that he's dedicated, he's a black belt in jujitsu and he's dedicated his whole life to this shit to make it look like he's just a tough guy who got lucky, yeah. right? So when you're, when you're in there with him and you have respect for him, and you have nothing but love and everything for him. But you know you gotta take this guy out.
1: Everyone, every single one of them. So all the dudes in the in the business, there's not a guy that I that I hate or love. Cause to me it's, it's all business. It's a chapter in my life, and the, the more I could just keep my head level headed and my emotions cold, the better I'll do. You know, I, I do show a lot of emotion in fights and playing with guys, I'll make faces, I'll blow them a kiss, any anything I can do to get under your skin. But right. on this as relaxed as I can because those are the best performances. If 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 I truly like hate somebody and stuff, maybe it's not the best mixture for me to get in there because maybe I'm loading up too much. And maybe just this little tell right here is enough to give this other world class athlete that read they need on me. So I, I uh I'm usually pretty level headed. Even if I can't sand the guy or something, at the end of the day, man, it's just show business. You know, it's just I'm not gonna there's nobody that I personally like. Oh, I hate this guy. There's a lot of guys that I'll slap around if I see him on the streets, but yeah. not hatred.
0: Well, speaking of that, you know, I, I think everyone was fascinated because you were being interviewed and then Leon Edwards comes by and he's talking shit. And we I don't think anyone's ever seen something go down in real time like that. And it was just very interesting because you were just like, yeah, 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 excuse me. You know, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and, you were just like, and it was just so interesting because, first of all, my question to you is, what, what was he saying to you? Because it obviously it got you. We got you going. Uh,
1: um. Well, leading up to, this, he had it already in like online and stuff had said numerous things, he called me a bitch, called me this and that, and all I had said is like, "Hey, we'll, we'll fight when we get a chance." Because at first she said he wanted to fight, and I said, "I want to fight you too." But when the time comes around, if I have a higher ranked opponent that has a bigger name, that's gonna pay me more money, that's actually ranked higher than you, why am I gonna fight you? I get it, you're daddy's little princess, and you know everything should be your way, but not on my watch. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what's beneficial for me and my family. So I wanted to tell him this in person. Leading up to the event, he was fighting on my undercard. Me and until our main event. So I'm seeing him around, and I'm trying to address him as a man, human being. Like, hey, you had some nasty things to say online. Look, I'm a human being just like you. Get it off your chest. What's up? I really was just trying to talk to him. He wouldn't have any of that. You know, there was numerous times and spots we could have talked. That I tried approaching him, and he and he's just like an idiot, man. Just like the, just like an idiot, you know. So nothing. So now after my fight, I won knockout of the night and I won fight of the night. And I'm doing my interview. And all you're trying to do is is intimidate me and steal my shine. You know, he's there with like three or four guys and I'm doing my interview and he's being loud. And you can't see because the cameras are pointing here. They're walking by first origin. But he's like flicking me off and all his friends are like me mugging me, flicking me off. I'm like, you know, you you had plenty of times to talk to me. Now you're going to try to ruin my interview. And then uh, he interrupts, you know, and and comes out. He, He tells me, um, you wanna fight in July? And initially in my head, I'm just thinking maybe, maybe not, because I I can't stand you. ass. I, so I might fight you right now. You're cutting off my interview. But I'm thinking in my head, you know, little does he know. And uh and then um he tells me to shut up. He's like, shut up. You're telling me to shut up in the middle of my interview. It's like somebody was to cut me and you off right now, it's gonna be a yeah. problem, you know. Busy, give me a second, you know. Right. Um uh, he says that I tell him say it to my face and I start walking over there and as I get close he puts his hands up I know what that means you know you're not gonna get a free one on me so I had to I had to hit him with the combo me and then get out of there
0: right exactly (laughs) now what's interesting is that you've got all these guys like Leon who I mean at a certain point your paths gonna have to cross right
1: well for him right now he doesn't I guess after fighting Nate and seeing how much damage I did to Nate and how easy I did it he realized there's there's several levels between me and you and because he doesn't want to fight. No. They've asked him a couple of times. He's not mentioning my name right now. And I get it, man. he knows that I'm uh, when I get in there, I know to deliver the best experience to the fans and everybody watching and to further myself from the pack, and to separate myself from the pack. I have to be as, as violent as possible. Thank goodness. God's given me the tools that when I get in there, I, I can get after it. I'm going to hurt people. And I, I don't really come to like mess around, you know, as in Leon was, Was kind of messing around, and so was Nate. And he's like pointing at him, this and that. He knows, man, I'm gonna try to take your head off every second of the fight, man. And my gas tank is better than his. And now he knows it for a fact. I crack and hard. You know, he never hurt Nate Diaz in that fight. I hurt Nate Diaz left and right. He knows, man, I can crack when I let him go. You know,
0: right? I mean, the reality is that Nate in those later rounds was in in a position. I mean, you you can make a case for that after. Nate cracked him and he was on skates. You know, Nate was playing with him instead of maybe closing the show. He could have maybe closed that show. We don't know. So
1: I, those milliseconds in in that particular instant where uh, Liam was at, it's like a lifetime. I'm not even exaggerating because any one more shot might be the end of you and for a long time, it's just that one shot at the right place, you know. Me personally, I would have jumped all over him and,
0: and, you know. It would have been a rap. Now, what's interesting, a guy a guy like a guy like Leon and and most fighters come up a traditional way and you didn't. You know, there's nothing traditional about your journey. And do you think because you know you were you know, you were fighting bare knuckles in backyards and and that was part of it, and Leon got a little taste of it. You know what I mean? That, you know, not only are you an elite fighter and in that cage with all those rules, you're going to take him out. But then you have this whole other life and he got a little taste of the three piece. Do you think that's haunting?
1: I'm sure it doesn't sit well with him. You know, who wants to be the guy that got <laughs> the meal order? You know, nobody wants to be that. Guy. Right. So I know. It's as hell. But um what bothers me is that he's still saying things like that he's that I attacked him. like, No, you, you clearly jumped in my interview said all types of things and then when I try to talk to you face to face you can see it in the video i'm I'm coming with him with my hands like this and he goes right.
0: he does that well, but that's what I'm saying that that's a guy that doesn't have the reference for mm-hmm. for you know a for combat outside of the ring like you have like he doesn't have a reference for that you know you know if you put your hands up like that you 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 know you don't pull a knife unless you're gonna use it that's it. 100%, Was there one thing that gave you perspective, you know, because a lot of times we we kid ourselves. I know that I have, I'm still single and I'm 200 years old and it's not cute anymore. And I've been kidding myself for years like, oh man, I'm still young. It's like, no motherfucker, you're not young and you're still single, right? And I think with a fighter, you have a finite amount of time, you know? Yeah. And and I think was there a moment in the jungle where you went, look, man, where you got perspective? I think I, maybe I'm uh, I'm just projecting, but did you see, were you looking over the trees or something and you saw kind of a different perspective of your career and your life? And you went, man, I I got to do this a different way. And, what, and did something click where you knew, okay, if I don't focus and if I don't have this clarity, um it's you know it's not gonna go the way I want it to go
1: man um it to explain w- while I was in there i uh I thought about the moments that I did good in in training and in fights. and I thought about myself at that particular moment I think I was thirty three years old, and uh I was working out with the olympians i I remember one day we went for like a good, nice run, like a good 30-minute run in the sand with some guys that that, that were good runners. I, I'm, I'm, For runners, I'm not a good runner. For an MMA guy or a combat sport guy, I'm a decent runner. But for runner runners, I'm, I'm not a good runner, and I never have been. But on that particular day, I remember wanting to, like, really get after and not beat the guy, but just, hey, let, let me stay in the same neighborhood as these guys, you know, as we did the run. And I finished up the run, and then I, I took a shower on the beach, and then I went and got lost in the jungle real quick before we had the games, because we had, like, a three-hour do-whatever-you-want. And when I was over there, I was like, "Man, th- this is one of the better runs that I've done." So I know physically, I I, I still give a lot of my body without breaking down. I was just thinking, like, "Man, is it worth the amount of sacrifice that it's going to take to be there?" Like, it, if I want to be where I'm at right now, is everything that I'm going to leave behind worth it? You know, because a lot of people say, "Like, man, it's my dream to open up a restaurant," but Maybe you're going to have to sleep out of your car for a fucking year to be able to save up the money to put up that restaurant. Is it still your dream? So I, I, I sat there day and night and I and I like I said, a part of me was slightly hurt because I'm like, this will no longer be a part of my life. and I'm going to remove it. If I want to get to here, I have to remove this here because I, I just feel like it's dead weight. So that I, I made that commitment and I stuck to it. You know, I just and before I even got out of there, as I was in the jungle already. My habits and, and my training thought were getting better, and and another thing was um my my training thought going into fights is I would dissect guys and do my homework on them. My mind wasn't right. My 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 energy wasn't spent being spent in the right places. All the time like i should have been like i just 100 need to focus on this fighting and i also need to switch my mind there's a lot of close decisions that i had that i, I thought at one point i'm like man if i had beat so and so and so and so i would have been fighting for the title and this and that and then i started thinking like man i'm i'm such a fucking peasant you know i'm thinking of beating these guys by like just beating them instead of ending them so there's nobody involved in the decision but me and you you know so
0: you I have to you had the, just, uh, you had the clarity to dream bigger
1: yeah, to dream bigger, I had to dare to dream bigger, and I also had to to really bite down and Is this possible? Can I eliminate all the people that get put in front of me? You know, and um, like the street fighting that you mentioned, I've I've always been a gambler, so I was like, "Fuck!" Because to knock somebody out, you got to put yourself in harm's way as well. You know, it could happen. A guy could just run into a bunch. But usually, if you're seeking the knockouts, you you might be liable to get hit one because you're putting yourself constantly in that line of fire. You know, so. Gambling, man i made that decision i was like you know what it's gonna work this, this is what i'm gonna do man. It's gonna work. everything i
0: got yeah i mean it, i mean it's kind of fascinating that even at the level that you were at that what you were able to achieve you still in a way weren't all in which is crazy i love it man you're it, <laughs> it's like you're at a drive-through i love it man that see this this is this ties into the question I'm going to ask you because now you know for, from the outsider looking in you've achieved so much and you're now living the dream you know uh, you know you're you're now enjo- enjoying literally the fruits of your labor labors and so <laughs> so I guess the question is you know it's funny I was watching Connor fight and a friend of mine said. I, I don't think Connor's going to take this one. And I said, "Why?" He goes, "His, you know, his belly's full, but he, but he's not still hungry." You know, to steal from the great Bob Marley. You know, me belly full, but me hungry. He wasn't. It is, you know, because he, be careful what you wish for. You know, he he got everything he wanted. Do you feel like, and forgive me for asking this, you've achieved? You know maybe you know to your 33 year old self what you have now you'd be like that exceeded all your dreams are you still can you still dig deep and have the hunger to perform on your highest level even though your your belly's full
1: That that's a freaking phenomenal question that's an amazing question and um I, obviously i always tell myself yeah, I'm hungry. I, I really want this because I have a lot of goals that, I, that I, I won't close this chapter of my life until I accomplish certain things and then I'll move on. But how I really do it because it's one thing that, to think it and feel it but it's another thing to do it. When I go to the gym, there's, I'm at American Top Team so we have on any day 80 professionals there. A good amount of them being in the UFC whether Dustin Poirier or another top five guy in there. We have guys galore the train. And, and how I really put everything into perspective is can I go with this 22, 23-year-old, put in a good two, three rounds, and then go with another guy in his prime, and put in another two, three rounds? Because that in itself is a tremendous amount of gas that I'm wasting. It's, it's going with these guys that are really good. They can push me. And that's how I know that I'm hungry because a lot of guys, when they get to my stage in their career, they they start getting the easier goals in the gym. They start looking for the guys that they get beat up. I'm I'm still wanting to make it as competitive as possible. And if I beat this guy's ass two hours, it's not some some nobody from the gym. It's one of the better guys in the gym that's making me put forth all my effort. So that's where a lot of it comes. Like, do I still have it? Can I go to the gym? Can I still see the punches? Can I take guys down and, and still have a gas tank to throw some bombs afterwards? That's where I get my uh, my courage from my fire. Like, yeah, man, I still got the hunger for this because I know these guys are hungry. You know, the little the 22-year-old that, that's making like $14,000 a year that's living at, at the gym that doesn't have a car, doesn't have a single sponsorship. I know that guy's hungry. So if I could go with that guy and go with that guy on the constant and hard and, and do well, I'm in the right place. Don't go anywhere. How you live in J Pivot will be right back after we pay some bills.
0: Yeah, man. We we keep getting these challenges. I mean, you were you were 33 and you weren't achieving what you thought you deserved and you were hungry, and then you you didn't want to do this reality show, you were like, fuck that. And they kept coming back with more money. It was like the universe was saying, no, 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 we got to drag you to the jungle because we got to give you some perspective. Your dreams aren't big enough.
1: And that's right? why I think, man, th- that that paradigm shift, that that different type of mindset, could have happened to me in jail, could have happened to me in a hospital bed, could have happened anywhere where I would have been alone, enough with myself to understand myself better and to see what I I really had to fix. And to anybody listen, being with yourself, it takes a little bit of time. It might be uncomfortable. At first you might quick phone call to somebody, hey, how was your day or something? It takes a little bit of time to get used to yourself, your own thoughts, your own perspective, and the best ideas for you, you know, that that sort of thought. Not that the people around me had bad intentions or ideas, but maybe it just weren't fully aligning with mine and what I needed to do to succeed.
0: Exactly. And then once you are aligned, you're going to be bringing different types of people into your life anyway. And, you know, there are some people that they don't have our best interest. We don't know. You know, we have no idea. And, and you know, it's, it can be lonely to cut these people out, but it, it can be the best thing. And, you know, from an outsider looking in at your life, you've got now new challenges because you've got so many things going on. You know, and you've got um, temptation and distractions coming at you from every angle, right? So now you've got
1: reason why we're both single, man. These distractions and yeah, God.
0: but I, but I, but I'm at a, I'm at a different place because you you've got kids, you've done your thing. I'm looking for what you've what you have. So I'm in a diff- I'm in a, kind of in a different place. But you, you know. You can welcome all those distractions and then figure out what's right for you. I gotta, I gotta focus up, man. For the love of God, I'm I'm in the jungle trying to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? I can't. For the love of God, it's not cute anymore, man. Jesus, you know what I mean? I don't. I don't even know if it still works.
1: I know good the the Latin community in Miami. I I got you hooked up here, man.
0: Well, you know it's it's funny because when I when I travel, they think that I'm Puerto Rican, which I always find a very big compliment. You can see it now. I'm, I'm the Puerto Rican Jeremy Piven. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But man, I would, I would be honored if we could, if we could train someday, that would be, that would be, I would love to be humiliated.
1: Let's go, cool, man. No, no, <laughs> Just exchanging information, my brother. I just, whatever you're good at, I'll make it a little bit better and this and that, man. Cause that, that's what, uh, there, there's, you know, different forms of training, but, um, I don't believe like beating a guy up is always the best way to teach him. I believe in like showing you, Hey, that's wrong. That's right. Without like having to freaking hurt the person. You know, a lot of times I get good results out of my amateurs like that. My pro guys that I work with a lot. So it, it'll be fun, man. I'll show you some things you get. You can pull off on people.
0: That, that would be outstanding. I, I've got some, uh, I, I got to fire a few things at you before I forget. And if you don't want to answer these, it's, it's totally cool. But there've been some YouTubers that have shined the light on the fact that the UFC guys are not being paid what they should be, you know? What's your take on, what's your take on that? Holy shit. It just keeps coming. This is amazing, bro. Oh my God. You are living the dream. That is like a 12 piece of sushi. I don't know if that's, we got some, what in God's name for the kids at home I, I hope you can get YouTube and look at this. My god, there's some so some tuna in there. There's some crab. We we've got some rice paper. We, we uh, a little uh some sashimi on the side. Fuck, oh, man. This is unbelievable. We should have our own cooking show, bro. We should be on the road. This is insane. Everyone at home, you need to be you need to get these visuals. Don't tell me cooking show. If you dedicate your entire life to something, you too can eat like this, kids.
1: You're Speaking right to my heart, food? Oh, hell no.
0: How great well, would that be just to, to travel all over the world and eat the best food in the world and just report on it?
1: Get paid on it? Whatever the yeah. way it might be. Just so I'm even getting paid to eat? Come on, brother.
0: That's it. That's it right there. I'm going to get on that. Um, are you, when you look at like the Paul brothers and guys like that, that are going for theirs, be honest now, what, what, what's the first thought that comes to your mind when you see them doing their thing? And I have no, i The first ahead.
1: time, first thought that ever came to my mind as they were crossing over was catching? Like I just thought money, right? Because they're bringing eyeballs into the sport, whether they pick me or they pick the next guy, they're bringing a lot more awareness, a lot more eyeballs they probably might never have looked at fighting at all. I I don't, I don't know uh, Jake Paul's exact demographic, but I don't know if a lot of these guys were, were in the fight world before. And a lot of these other rappers and and YouTubers that are coming in, they're, they're bringing in people that have never seen the sport and educated them. And a lot of these guys are young. So they're going to be hooked for life. You know, you know how it is with fighting. Once it like bites you, that's it. This is like the only thing you want to do and watch and see, you know? So I, I like it in that sense. Um, Obviously, there's there's the politics of it. There's certain guys that, that are getting so much money. But if we're talking about fighting, they don't deserve that money. But we're not talking about fighting. We're talking about entertainment via fighting. So, of course, these guys deserve these paychecks. Now, I think it's amazing for my community. I, I know a lot of fighters in the beginning or still feel kind of disrespected. These guys are getting so much hype. But it's only a matter of time before one of them comes on over and, and, and chooses to fight with somebody that, that's a real problem, you know? So, man... To tell you the truth, I freaking love it, man. I love it that that these guys are coming in and just bringing more exposure to... God forbid one of them picks me or something to fight, I'm in, man. I, I wouldn't mind going 10x on my money, you know, to fight somebody that hasn't their whole life dedicated themselves to this, you know. So I feel like I have tremendous advantages against any of these guys, you know. It's like me going to play football. I might be a decent athlete. It doesn't mean it's going to transfer over to football, especially now in my career.
0: You know? No, but but that's the thing about you that... that when you've dedicated your life to something the way you have, you understand your limitations. So you intrinsically know, oh, okay, you're a great athlete, but if you were to step on into someone else's arena, no matter how elite you are, you're gonna get crushed. Crushed. Yeah, so what's interesting is the Paul, the Paul brothers do have a little background in wrestling. So at a certain point, it would be nice to see them grapple, you know, do some jujitsu, and then step into a ring with a guy like you. I just, we're all waiting for that moment.
1: I mean, Jake is going to fight uh, Woodley now. Man, Woodley's a hell of an athlete, and he's training, man. He's he's in shape. I, I like Jake. I've met him a couple of times, but Woodley's like my brother. We've been training for, like, 13, 14 years together, beating the crap out of each other, exchanging information. He's helped me out in a lot of situations and just training and stuff. So I know this guy in and out in the gym. And, man, I, I give a lot of props to Jake, man. You know, his team, he, he's got a very good team behind him. They picked Woodley. They're 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 going outside of the comfort zone for sure. I'm sure they're positive. They think they're going to win. But me personally, if I was like Jake's manager, I want to pick that fight. You know, I would have said, "Hey, let's let's work our way there or stay away from this guy as long as we can," because that's the guy that's coming to fight and they can crack.
0: You know? Do do you think they took a look at Woodley and went, "Okay, yeah, he's a problem," but you know, he's he's a he's he's approaching forty and he's lost three in a row. And there's something not quite right about him. Are they? You think they're thinking that way?
1: They have to be. That, that, that's the only thing that would lead me to believe that they pick Woodley. You know, they, they must think like he's a shell of himself now. In this shell, we can beat. That's the only thing that I'm thinking. Because obviously, they know a prime Woodley or something in his prime, they, they could never take on him. It's not that this, the other side, but it's not what they did their whole life. You know, Woodley wrestled since he's seven, eight years old. Right.
0: He was
1: in some combat. His whole life, this this is all this man does is, is combat sports, so
0: and he so, yeah. also has extreme power. Extreme oh, yeah. Yeah. power, you know. That's Gross. yeah. That's that's going to be crazy. I also like him because he's fearless. He's you know because I've been doing stand up for a few years now. I transitioned, and um, you know I'll go to these dive bars. You know what? Where, where you have to as a stand up, you got to go and you got to try material out anywhere. So I go to this little dive bar in the middle of nowhere. And there's, there's Tyron doing his thing up there. And he's getting his reps in. And people don't know this, but like, he's going to have an interesting second act. You know what I mean? He's very funny. He's talented in so many different ways. So, he's going to make his bag and hopefully he'll have a great showing and make a bunch of money and continue on. But that guy, he's a really interesting, eccentric dude You know, who has a good work ethic.
1: And and I think uh, for for Wood, I mean either one of them, it, it's going to be like a snowball effect. I think uh, after this fight, many other boxers now, professional boxers, are going to call out Woodley because they're going to see him as a paycheck, and they're going to see him as like this guy's not a boxer. I'm a full time boxer now. He's a big name in boxing, and it's just going to be a big snowball effect for Woodley as well. So I I think this is a great career move for him.
0: Yeah, that's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. But I love I love the fact that you get. You know, because there's a lot of a lot of fighters that just go, you know, they immediately get reactive. Like, I put in all this time and and now, you know, Ben Askren goes and makes more money for, for you know, taking a dive in eight seconds or whatever they're saying, you know. Um, but you get the totality of this whole game, you know, you, nothing. Older,
1: so I, I I know what what could come of it. A lot of the, the fighters that maybe get upset, are like the younger guys, like man been training my whole life and I've never gotten a dollar and these guys are getting five million dollars first fight you know I, I get it you know
0: but also you know okay well if that's the case then you gotta you gotta develop a presence you know out there so that you can make these types of moves okay if the game is rigged how are you gonna proceed don't rail against the universe you know what I mean if you can't beat them join them get in the game figure it out Good you out. know <laughs> figure it out like you did in the jungle i feel guilty man because you got a plate of sushi you're in your car eating hey one, I mean, of, one of the best
1: interviews i've done my brother we got to
0: do some more of it. listen i i would love it my my wheels are spinning i think we need to i think we need to 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 go all over the world and and just start fighting people and eating their cuisine <laughs> i mean <laughs>
1: Cuisine and it's not good. Like we, we let's say we travel to Egypt to go to the best chef and the cuisine is not good. It's like okay, we got to fight. Let's say so you made us come on. We got to
0: fight. It's but good fight. But the good news for them is at that particular time you don't feel like fighting. So it's me against a couple sous chefs and it that's what and we're you know at an El Torito in the middle of nowhere and it's gonna get ugly, my brother. I'm telling you, we got to figure this out. <laughs> I got to, I, I got to, you know, I got to mix it up. I, you know, it's funny as, as I get older, I got to train much smarter. Like what, what I've been doing and it's helped me so much. This is going to sound like some old lady shit, but I've been doing a ton of Pilates to save my body because I basically snapped off my super splenatus boxing because I was just not doing the right thing with my shoulders. So it just, it just popped off. You know what I mean? It's gone. And they're like, look, you need shoulder surgery, but you're too young for shoulders surgery so you're fucked i was like no i'm not fucked so i've been doing pilates and i'm telling you man it's the fountain of youth yeah i i go and and it, it's just so funny You've, you have pro athletes in there and they're just being humbled because it's it's a form there's I, I i'm gonna bore the hell out of you this guy joseph pilates was in the hospital he was in a bed and he just took all the pulleys and he was a dancer and he was like, how do I figure out how to work out while I'm in this hospital bed? And so he worked out this full system and it's this system where you can't cheat. A lot of times when you're lifting, doing all this shit, you can figure out ways to cheat with your body weight. You can't cheat with this shit. And it just it, it, it gets to the, the root and the core of the muscle. This is the part where people start tuning out my podcast and they're like, the fuck are you pussy ass motherfuckers talking about I didn't pay eleven dollars to listen to goddamn Pilates, you fucking hack! <laughs> man, listen, I'm coming to Miami. I, I, I've maybe, maybe it's just rolling around in that, in that, in your, in your ride, eating and tasting food. I oh, mean, let's,
1: let's go, man. When are you coming?
0: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this movie on the 11th. Uh, I'm working with the great Terrence Howard. You know who Terrence is?
1: Boston and I think.
0: Uh, thank you. I couldn't think of Hustle and Flow, my favorite movie ever. He crushed it in that. Um, and this is a movie about uh, dismantling segregation, and in Boston in the seventies, and you know, in in a time where we're all divided, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of racism out there. We're we're exploring it, and um, you know, I'm playing a I'm playing a very bad 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 person, and you know, I I went to him and I said, Terrence, I just want to let you know. I'm going to be throwing that N word around, you know? And, and I, before I get anything out, he said, I want you to lean into it because the reality is we need to show people who these people were. And, you know, it's and like we were talking about, you can't halfway do anything. You have to fully commit, you know, and we need to show, and you know, you can talk about these things about racism and all you want, but we, you know, I'm an actor. So I want to show through my creativity, Uh, That's how I want to contribute. I want to tell a story, and then you come to your own conclusions and you have these discussions and let it sit with you, you know? But I I want to show a fully realized character, and I want you to watch this story and and you figure out where you stand with this, you know what I mean? And and start having discussions about it instead of canceling people, you know?
1: That canceling stuff ain't, you know, ain't something I like too much.
0: No. Listen, man, I, I could talk to you all fucking day and I'm feeling guilty because I need you to eat and, and get back to your kids.
1: Yes, sir. Hey, when you're my, you got, you got to let me know, my brother.
0: I, I'm As soon as I wrap, listen, as we were saying, don't pull a knife unless you're going to use it. I'll be there.
1: No more. You tell me, give me a couple of days notice. We're out there, man. All right, For brother. Our, got two things on the list. Older Jewish ladies, uh-huh. older la- Hey, how? Five twenty six. Is that younger, older?
0: For me? Yeah, brother. I I need someone. I need someone older. Uh, you know, because they're not going to get my references. You know, I was born a long time ago. What are we, we talking about? Thirty. I I you know, someone in their thirties, self empowered, that can get the joke, um, oh. and will take care of me. You know, be able to just you know walk me around in my wheelchair. Someone that has patience. Okay,
1: so. Man- <laughs> Nursing in the past
0: as well. Yeah, nursing would be first responder is good. You know, maybe mid thirties, something like that, brother. I need you to put all your attention on that.
1: Mid thirties first responder is cooking uh, like a thing or, or not for you? Because for me, yeah. I won't date a off. If you can't cook your ass off. Forget it. I just date nobody. So they got to be able to cook for
0: me. Cooking is is the most underrated skill ever. They, they you know if she can step up, that's um un- it's unbelievable.
1: Once a week. I gotta be able to make that meal that makes you say oh shit this is why i'm in a relationship
0: okay i remember now that's right that's right my brother count me in man uh, I i will be on the lookout for you i'll see you soon continue to be an inspiration continue belly full still be hungry
1: yes sir and i'll be checking out your movie my brother god bless man. huge fan always bro
0: thank you brother i'll see you soon
1: how you live in J piven is a cast original podcast in
0: association with common enemies Tenderfoot TV producer is Kyle Tequila theme song by Common executive producer for cast is Colin Thompson executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay executive producers for Common Enemy are
1: Jared Einson and Dave Asico catch all new episodes of how you live in J-Fiven every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts